25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, I have to assure our guests that this one will not go into overtime the same way that every Blue Jackets game has in the last few days. Uh, we're just going to talk a lot about Blue Jackets hockey and our seasonal effectiveness disorder. So how are you doing today? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That's Good basically... point. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. I mean, I think that perfectly describes uh, my day. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Anytime one of my colleagues asked me today how things are going, that's basically how I responded. So it's like, thank you so much for asking. Stay curious. (laughs) And then they just sort of like slowly walked away. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel like I've been to my coworkers for the last week or so. I am trying to embrace chaos, but I'm not doing a great job of it. And I'm um, real bad at it, actually. I'm like chronically not good at embracing chaos, which is so funny because you're you chose like friendship with me. Like I don't know really how you did that while also not being good at chaos, but here we are. I yeah, I, I don't know. I just I'm really bad at it and I uh I take everything personally and have a lot of big feelings. Like wow, I was like, are we? We could talk about it. Like we can, like this could be a spinoff episode for our. This could be the episode number one, the pilot of our new podcast where we just talk about our feelings. Uh, I say that as if this is not a space where you often talk about your feelings. So (laughs) I don't know why. It is kind of the like uh, ebb and flow. I am the emotional one. No one should be shocked by this. So maybe, maybe we should record an episode. I can't imagine it going well because I feel like we would hurt each other's feelings. But an episode where we switch roles. <laughs> I'm like the emotional one and you're like the pragmatic, like it's hockey one. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to rehearse for that, I think. Um, figure out. I think we'd have a good time. But maybe in the off season. Maybe in the off season we'll have to do one. Maybe. Let us know, listeners, if you'd like to listen to me and Laura recap, say, like, free agency day in different oh God. I know. I would not be hilarious. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> By the end of the show, I'm just like, you motherfucker. And I'm just, like, sitting back with a Mai Tai, holding in all of my emotions until we stop recording. <laughs> and then once the show ends, you're like, you motherfucker. My head just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, welcome in, friends. Speaking of heads exploding, as the weather is changing, my head is exploding. And so if I sound like a peacock that's just gotten hit by a semi-truck, uh, that's why. I don't know why. I don't know why peacock, semi-truck was what I went with, but that's kind of That's a colorful feel. explosion of feathers <laughs> and blood. Hello. You know what I mean? Like... The blood I part, mean, not so much. The blood part was not a good time. <laughs> I mean, truly, um, I told someone today at work that my parents have always called me the human barometer because my physical being knows 
the moment the weather decides to change any sort of mild change in you know air pressure or a storm front comes in or the temperature decides to drop from 65 to 20 um my just whole head uh feels it and it's definitely gonna feel it on wednesday when it's supposed to be 75 degrees in ohio shut up yeah no (laughs) it's snowed today (laughs) i'm so pissed off yeah it's been snowing here a little bit periodically i could cry it's supposed to be 75 in that down south that's what one of my coworkers said today there's supposed to be 58 here so um we had a new a new person join our staff and we were going around Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, from 47 to 74, my head's going to split open. Yeah, that's not great. That's not ideal. But we had a new person join our staff. We were going around talking about like where we were originally from. <laughs> and I'm an, I'm an asshole. And it gets to me. I'm like, hi, I'm Jeremy. I'm from the South. <laughs> like just South of Michigan? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not like, I definitely was geographically correct. And she was like, well, I want to be where you're from. I said, Ohio. And she was like, oh. <laughs> oh, God. She's great, though. I love her. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's a good time. We're a lot of laughs in the whole life. <laughs> Fuck off, Janet. I'm not coming to your baby shower vibes. Um, the real ones who had Vine now and the ones that didn't don't. And I can't, I can't forgive you for it. But... Yeah, so the Blue Jackets, the hockey team that we talk about very periodically. Um, I have to say, I'm just going to like say this to the people who are here. I'm going to say this to y'all. Um, thank you for being here. Because this is the time of season where there is a dip-off in care. <laughs> there is a very strong dip-off in care. I think it's something that we've noticed a little bit just over the last couple of weeks where like... After, especially like after the trade deadline, which is like the last big storyline of the regular season in a season where it looks like the Jackets won't make the playoffs. And the amount of engagement seems to be going down like in the Blue Jackets fan base because I think people are exhausted. It's a long season like we talked about last week. And uh, when the Blue Jackets aren't winning hockey games, sometimes it's hard to stay engaged with it. And like sometimes you got to take a step back. And so shout out to the people who are doing that. But mega ultra shout out to the people who want to listen to us talk about uh, back-to-back overtime losses because (laughs) y'all are the real ones. Y'all are the real ones. Yes. The Blue Jackets played two very similar hockey games uh, back-to-back. Friday night, they face off against our old friend Pierre-Luc Dubois and the Winnipeg Jets. Um, And then on Saturday against our now – we're just going to call him arch nemesis Marcus Foligno um, and the Minnesota wild. Both games um, were very, very similar in like, there was definitely like a no quit attitude. And um, when we get into it, I will say that we more, de- we more so deserve to win Friday night's game. If we were going to win, then we would have deserved to win Saturday's game. If we had won again, these were both, overtime losses so um but definitely some like really solid play from the blue jackets just not the results that we wanted and unfortunately some pretty uh 
major injuries that were really scary. Um, and even in a, in a time when we're not going to go more than likely to the playoffs, like it's not, it's not fun to see one of our guys go down and go down hard. And that's what happened on Saturday. So, um, but yeah. Well, you got to hope that it's somewhat similar to the last time we played the Minnesota wild in that, you know, it looks a lot scarier than it is, uh, in that, you know, maybe Zach will miss a game or two, but, uh, as as you're referencing, yeah, Zach goes down on Saturday. Also, I, I actually didn't watch the game live. I, I rewatched it once I heard how violent of a game it was. I was like, well, that sounds like my kind of hockey to watch. Uh, Elvis saved a shot that, like, took him probably a good, like, minute to, like, shake off. And I was like, oh, God. And I knew that he didn't get hurt because, like, obviously I'm watching the recap. But I'm like, ah! <laughs> Like, don't do that. Yeah, no, it was it was scary because it was right after Zach um Zach Rensky took um essentially what they're calling what Lars is calling a helmet to the face. Um no penalties were called, but um it was a pretty pretty big hit to Zach's face. He's not a stranger to terrible things happening to his face. Um, yeah no doubt but he got hit really hard and was down um for a very long time he could not get off the ice um on his own he had to be assisted off the ice by um gus and robbie i think and then continued to be assisted off down the tunnel and did not return um to the game on Saturday, but very shortly after that, Elvis makes a huge save and yeah, is, is down like laying on the ice. And I just kept thinking, I was like, no, like we just, we just got him back. Like even the announcers were like watching JF Barube to see if he was gonna, and then just like all of a sudden Elvis stands up and he just like, sort of does like a full body shake, puts his mask back on, and then continued to play his ass off for the rest of the game. So I think maybe Max gave him his powers when we traded him. Must have, right? Like, hopefully. I I know for, for us, like, we talked about it. And I'm still like, even hindsight being 2020 and knowing that he didn't get hurt, I'm still going to stick to this guns where I'm like, I don't really know why you play him back-to-back games after he's coming off of an injury. Like, it just seems a little bit silly. But he played well in both games, and he seems to be fine. So, like, you know, it was worth it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he seemed to to be up for the task without a doubt. And, and yeah, I mean, he played well. He really, again, was, was the reason that the Jackets – we're in in this one for quite a while i think at least uh, in both of them really like he played well in, in both games i thought and that was nice to see i'm still sad about this corpy situation if i'm honest <laughs> like if i'm just like being yeah and it was interesting though to watch the espn broadcast which we can talk about because i know a lot of people are upset about it and like as you should be because it was kind of like pathetic but you know it's just they're talking about, you know, what does Giannis Corposalo do? Like, and, and just hearing them say, like, does he re-sign with Columbus? And I'm like, man, it just, like, if you would have asked me that question three months ago, I would have said, absolutely, no way. It's totally impossible. But, like, 
I don't know. Like, is it the most ludicrous thing that we've heard? I mean, the guy's going to have to – I mean, anybody who signs him is going to be taking a chance on him. At least the Jackets would know what they've got. Like, part of me wonders if they want to put Tarasov in Cleveland for a year and, you know, let him develop there or or what the situation is. I mean, it would definitely be, like, a comfortable – situation to put him in as he rehabs and you know gets back to it and but who knows I mean who knows if we have if if we have that space or if we have if we want to keep keep doing this thing because it's obviously been noted that Elvis really needs to have the consistency of being the number one goalie like he needs to have the consistent starts and so you kind of weigh the odds of like would Corpy be okay taking more of like a backseat I mean because he may not even be ready by camp like depending on how his trajectory goes like he may not even be ready for that kind of which you know ebbs and flows too but it, it'll be a weird it'll be a weird off season when when all of that comes to fruition but i am also bummed it's just such we you know we talked about it when we announced that he was having the hip surgery you know it's just kind of it's just a shitty way to potentially end his time in columbus and you know it was everything about and i am one of those people that's mad about the espn like coverage of oh, us. As you should be. It was it was not great. <laughs> like it I mean Bucci like always for at least from what I've seen of the times that he's called our games this season, like he is always very respectful of Columbus and like makes a point of like saying like giving us equal uh, giving him giving us the an equal amount of time in in what he says to the other team whereas in this circumstance you would have thought that everyone with the exception of him was being paid by minnesota like it was absolutely a minnesota love fest for that entire game on saturday like we could have literally like i don't know probably scored 12 goals and they would have still talked about how great the wild's going to do in the playoffs and how like it just was absolutely insane how disrespectful they were to us and yeah so we're more than likely not a playoff team cool but that doesn't mean that we're just here to for the wild to practice with. Right. Like, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Cause that's kind of how it sounded. Like that's kind of how this whole thing was, is it just kind of felt like this was like a, an exhibition game <laughs> for the wild. Well, and everything that we did, like we were winning for a while. I mean, we got yeah, I mean, up until toward the end of the game. Cause it was pretty late that Minnesota, you know, tied it up. I mean, it was in the third period. It's just, Yeah. And it was just it. It was almost like everything we did that we were kind. They were kind of like, oh. But this is what Minnesota could have done to stop them from doing that. Like, 
everything we did had to be justified for Minnesota. Right. Yeah, I mean, it just was bad. It was, it was like, really, like, and I can understand, like, getting excited on your goal calls and things like that, but for God's sakes, it was, like, bad at points. And I was just, like, um, <laughs> like, making sure that I didn't click on the Minnesota Wild feed, right? But uh, that one was obviously, I mean, like, there are a couple interesting storylines this weekend just from, like, a hockey personnel standpoint. Like, Pierre, or, nope, <laughs> wrong one. He's not on our team anymore. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Line and Jack Roslovic. They made their return to Winnipeg, uh, and and you know on top of that, um, oh my God, why am I? That's Vincent. Thank you so much. I was like, I almost said Paul Maurice. Did, so I'm like, no, they no, do, no, no. Did they did they do one video for all three of them? I think so. I think they did, which would make some sense. Well, but I, so I admittedly did not watch the game live on Friday. I was watching via Twitter and then watched the highlights when I got home because I was having a, a season two Bridgerton party with two of my best gal pals. Um, Wait, you and, it all? Did you watch the entire thing? We watched six of the eight, ep- no, five of the eight episodes. Respectable. We're dedicated. It's good work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like watching Twitter and a bunch of people were like, um really a video for all three of them like you didn't even just like kind of separate it or like do jack and patrick in one video and then do pascal like in a second video or yeah no it's it's all three of them in the same video and we can retweet this so that way everybody can see it but yeah it's all three of them in one video because they've got yeah, welcome yeah. back to Winnipeg, and it's the yeah, and everyone was like a bit miffed that that was how. But hey, I mean, it's not like we tend to do things a little bit, I don't know, nicer when we have people come back. I will say though, it could have been a strategy similar to what the Blue Jackets did for Pierre Luc Dubois when he came back because. Obviously, that was not necessarily the warmest welcome, but you have to also recognize, like, Patrick Line got, like, kind of, like, played his hand out of Winnipeg. Like, so did Jack Rosovic. Like, they both pretty much, like, made it known that they didn't really want to be there anymore. So maybe that was their way of kind of doing what Columbus did by pairing up Pierre-Luc Dubois and Riley Nash. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it Still could, one like, of the funniest moments of all time. Oh, good. But maybe that's how they were trying to, like, do, like, you know, damage control. Although I think if you're, at least in the Patrick Line situation, like, you know, the Jack Roslovic thing, I can kind of understand if you're miffed by it, if you're a Winnipeg fan, because, like, Jack at the time had not really, like, super established himself as a top six forward on that team, and, like, he played up there, but he didn't have that that strong of a track record and, and to hold out of camp and, like, do that. Like, I can understand, like, if, if we had a player do that, it'd be kind of like to me if, like, Emil Bemstrom did that right now like and i was like okay dude come on like what do you mean you're trying to like force your way maybe that's like not you know giving jack enough credit but that would be kind of how i'd feel about it so i could get where winnipeg fans might have been upset about it so maybe maybe that's their way of trying to do the riley nash pure like the ball thing i mean it makes sense i just it was i just thought it was funny that people were kind of miffed i was like that's a lot of time during intermissions if you're going to give all three of them a video well and i don't yeah because i mean i know I know Pascal Vincent was with the team 
for quite a while. I think almost in like a similar fashion to what Brad, well, ish, because like he was down in Manitoba for a while, mm. the same way that Lars was down, I think at the time in Springfield, because Cleveland wasn't our affiliate yet. So similar ish situation. But yeah, at the end of the day, you know, they both played decently well. I mean, Jack actually played like 20 minutes in that game. Like, I think obviously injuries are playing a factor into how much ice time Jack Rossovic is getting, but you can't deny the fact that he's getting put out there a lot more often than he has been. And, you know, Which whether I think, or not is, he's... I think it's good. Yeah. I think Jack is in similar fashion to Elvis, like needs the consistency and needs the long-term or like the longer playing periods um, in order to stay like on top of things. So, you know, these remaining games that we have and as we ebb and flow with injuries, which are going to continue to happen, um, it'll be good to see him get a little bit more playing time and then hopefully be able to ride that into the off season and into keeping himself in, in shape and coming back into camp and, finding more of a a place in this lineup because like we've talked about Jack has drifted and struggled and you know I think he's still very much so trying to find his place in this roster so well and I think it's helpful for him to end this season on a little bit of a consistent note right like to go into the off season with a little bit of confidence that like you can see yourself in this lineup and you can see yourself contributing. I still think at the end of the day, my ultimate situation for him is getting, you know, I don't want to call it like third line center minutes. I almost want to be like a two a two B kind of situation where it's like, depending on where things turn out with Kent Johnston, whether or not he ends up being a center or, um, you know, potentially a wing that could end up making it so that somebody like Jack Ross of it could play center on the second line. But at the end of the day, like I wouldn't be mad if he materialized into like a really good solid third line center, because if you look across the board at, at Stanley cup winning teams, their, their third line centers probably could challenge for first line center minutes on a team like ours right now because of our lack of center depth. You know, third line centers on good teams are really fucking good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, and they say, especially when you look back at the last two years of Tampa winning the cup, like their third and fourth line, like they're the ones that put in the work for Tampa and like really get Mm -hmm. the down and dirty and like fill in those gaps. Yes, their top two lines do a lot of the scoring, but like, you really need those gritty lines that aren't afraid to push people around and aren't afraid to like get down in the paint with, you know, other teams. And those are what win you championships. And those are what we need to build upon because as we described um, off mic about the Minnesota game, I would like to refer to it as goon hockey. Uh, <laughs> it was brutal. It was was a very, very physical game, which we both agree are fun to watch, but the Blue Jackets are not a physical team. And so it it hurts sometimes because it looks like we're getting tossed around like rag dolls. Yeah. It makes you wonder what they need to do to shore that up. Because 
there's definitely talk about some guys being able to turn into that, right? I mean, like, Trey Fix-Wolanski is somebody who's been cited as somebody who can add grit to a lineup. There were reports that the Blue Jackets might, depending on what happened at the trade deadline, that they might look to a guy like Brett Gallant, who's in Cleveland right now. He's a veteran in Cleveland who is basically their enforcer, like in Cleveland. And there were some thoughts that maybe the Blue Jackets might sign him to, to bring him up to finish the season. I mean, because here's the other element of it, right, is this is going to be a really young high. Like, this was the youngest team in the NHL this year. This team is not going to get much older next year. Like, this team is going to – you know, be a very young team. It'll be a young team that has a little bit more experience than a, a team their age normally would because you've got guys like, you know, Tinny and Silly who have played a lot of hockey. You've got defensemen who now will have a full season under their belt with the team. But at the end of the day, they need somebody to protect these guys, like, in my opinion. Like, you need somebody who's going to be a presence where it's like, hey, if you fuck with my guy, like, you're you're going to get it. Like, I think I think about going back to that Minnesota game, whether I agree with it or not, um, Oliver Bjorkstrand definitely bores Marcus Foligno. I think it was definitely, there was like, there was some retribution in that. Like, I definitely think that, but it's obviously a penalty. Like Oliver Bjorkstrand knows what he's doing there. He knows he's going to take a penalty. I don't think he cares, but then you have, it was kind of funny to hear number 28 boarding. Yeah, it's not. It's, yeah, it was very out of character. But like, I think that that's the kind of thing where it's like he's a leader on this team, and you know, he's a pretty. I, I think, uh, I feel like Aaron Portsline might have said it after the game or on Front Nationwide. Uh, you know, talking about Gus Nyquist and how he looked like he wanted to kill Kevin Fiala after like after a play, and Gus Nyquist said. I, I did want to kill him. Like, like that was the kind of hockey game that was the first matchup between these two teams. So it should be no surprise that like this was kind of the second matchup. But all yeah, of angry Gus is fun. Like angry Gus, angry Gus is fun. Um, and he can he can get a little like rough around the edges like that. That's not really his role. Like, but it is fun to see him get kind of. Just little bits of almost like Nick Felino or, um, oh God, you know, just a little bit of those like more rough and tumble guys because Gus is just so soft spoken and not really like, but when you piss him off, you piss him off and Minnesota pissed him off. They did. But so. before, our, before our collective ADHD makes me go on to my next point before finishing my last one, um, after Oliver Bjorkstrand boards Marcus Foligno, Greenway comes over and just, like, tosses Oliver Bjorkstrand around like a ragdoll. It's like, absolutely the fuck not. You will not be doing this to my teammate. And that's the kind of thing, right, that I think this hockey team doesn't have, right? Like, they don't have that energy of, like – they do in a way like where it's like, yeah, like I've got your back kind of vibe, but they don't have the person to make it happen. Like they don't have. The... Sorry. Okay. Continue. Well, I was going to say they don't have the person to like. Ma- like kind of. It just depends <laughs> on if he's on the ice. Andrew Peak holds a grudge like nobody's business. Andrew Peak, Yeah. I will say Andrew Peak, but I mean like at the end of the day, right? Like he's not getting top defenseman minutes right now. So like he's not on the ice all the time when these sort of things happen. 
But, but I also think you don't want that person to be the person, like, strategically to be the guy who takes those penalties and, like, be the guy who, like, does that because you've only got six defensemen. <laughs> like, you want to, in my opinion, you throw a forward out there. Like, you get a forward who, you know, has some, you know, anger to him. I mean, that's exactly what Zach Ronaldo was signed in the offseason to do. And, of course, he doesn't get a COVID vaccine, so he's not a member of this team. But, like, that is kind of the energy that I think I'm looking for in this offseason is, like, who can they pick up that's going to do that for this team? Like, who's going to play a fourth-line role? Like, who do you think – like, who are you going to put with Sean? Who are you going to put with, you know, like, Robbie, who's going to be just, like, a hard-ass? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm looking for. Or is there somebody in the in the organization that's going to materialize into that? I don't know. But uh, I'm hopeful that it, that it happens sooner rather than later. I just had a vision of um... – either Cole or Chinny come back after the summer and one of them's just like yoked out to the extreme. Could like, you imagine like just Igor Chinnikov learning perfect English just to start like talking shit on the ice? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the only English he knows is like curse words <laughs> and the meanest just, shit. Like, like, things. <laughs> He doesn't even really know what he's saying. It's just like he gets back to the bench and Cole's like, dude, you can't <laughs> say that. You're not we, – we can't let you be on the camera anymore. <laughs> we, we simply can't. But you know what we can let you do? Win money with DraftKings? <laughs> You're so good at this. I, I – listen – we make do with whatever transition we can. Uh, but the one thing that we know we're going to make do with is the money that we win on DraftKings. Because if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. The NHL season has been packed with 30 dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. And as the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. The sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You still have a shot to light the lamp because everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. You're just going to want to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and older restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So moral of the story is the next couple of weeks – have the potential to get a little repetitive. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? We play the same three teams for six games. It's so weird. It is such a weird scheduling. I almost said kink, and that's definitely not what I meant to say. But it is such a weird scheduling quirk. How about that? We'll go with that. Uh, that the Blue Jackets, in their next uh, six games, play the New York Islanders twice. And then they play the Boston Bruins twice. And then they play the Philadelphia Flyers twice. Uh, and each of those, I believe, is a home and home. So it's not two games back to back in one city. It's so like on Tuesday, the Blue Jackets have the Islanders at home. will travel to New York on Thursday. They'll stay in that part of the country, play Boston that weekend, the second, come back, play Boston on the fourth. Then they play... Um, Rude. The they've made day. them go to Philadelphia the next day. Oh, that's fucked up. So they play Philadelphia on the fifth, then. 
in yes. Philly. Damn, this is a lot of back and forth. But nevertheless, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves and talking about those games. And I really am. I, I'm a, Laura's not in the emotional headspace to talk about the Blue Jackets playing the Flyers and her having to watch Kim Atkinson return to Nationwide Arena. So we're just going to focus on the Islanders for this go around uh, because it's going to be an interesting couple of uh, games. I would say your favorite player that I've ever seen you follow that's not a Blue Jacket uh, is Honors Lee. Yeah, I, you are just such an Honors Lee fan, and I and I love that because I always like. I think you sometimes give me shit when I have like a, a player on another team, and I'm like, oh, Lord, he's actually like pretty good. But this, Honors Lee is out for you. You really like Honors Lee. I do. I. This is going to sound ridiculous, but I saw a video very early on in my hockey fandom with Honors Lee, and it was essentially like a. I don't. It was like an interview with him and his wife and they had just had a baby and like there was just something about his vibe and like how much he loved being a dad and I was just like I just really like you and last year when we played fantasy for the first time I drafted him and unfortunately he got injured so he didn't play like a ton last season um but this season, so far, well, in the last, like, month or so, um, he's been on fire. Like, point per game, if not two points per game. Um, a stupid amount of goals. Now, granted, his one, his career, his first career hat trick was against us. So, didn't love that. Also, didn't love that I didn't have him on my bench when no, we played did, them. You did have him on your bench. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. I did have him on my bench. I didn't have him in my lineup when he got his first career hat trick. Um, do you want but, yeah, I, I adore Anders Lee. What? I said, do, you, do you really want to talk about fantasy hockey or are you? Oh, wow. It took you 33 minutes and 53 seconds. In my defense, you did bring up fantasy hockey first. You said honestly, yeah. But so I wasn't going to bring up the fact that you murdered me last week in fantasy hockey. Yeah. So for those of you who are avid, uh, subjective, so we're tied now because I are. beat you the first time. We are. Yes. So uh, Laura had a lot to say in the new year um, when she beat me. I'm going to use the scores, uh, 76.5 to 70.5. So a six-point spread, like a six-point spread, you know, pretty formidable. If Jonathan Quick wouldn't have given up 1,800 goals that week, I feel like I would have won. He literally netted me negative eight points that entire week, so that wasn't great for me. But um, I won this one 129.6 to 83.4. So, like (laughs) – I took Straight that up murdered. <laughs> I was literally the Michael Jordan meme. Um, that is, and I took that personally. Like that was me. Like, like I felt very attacked by you beating me the first time. And now we're even. Like, and I'm not here to talk any shit about the next time. The next time we play each other, it's gonna be a really good matchup. I'm excited for it. Um, but I'm just happy to have gotten my retribution over the other regular season loss that I had against you. Because uh, that hurt my feelings, and my feelings are less hurt now. Uh, do you, I don't know if you noticed, but I had four matchup acquisitions. Like I was changing my lineup like fucking crazy <laughs> to like make my team better um, during the week. 
which I usually don't do. I usually do that on Sundays. So I was like on it. I took it personally. You did. You took advantage of me not having the available headspace to think about changing my roster. Sure. And you just really ran with it. In, in your defense, you do have quite a few injuries. That's I do. not helping I your case. Get rid of one of them. I don't know why I'm holding on to him because I Is don't think he has to play. No. I don't think he's going to play again this season. Like we it's talked about. Lab. In the last episode, I feel like he's skating though. The issue with them is they can't afford to let him skate. <laughs> that is true, but he also hasn't played since March sixth. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I mean, I know you won't get rid of Boone because of your heart. Yeah, but part of me is like, Laura, you maybe should think about getting rid of Boone for the sake of your fantasy hockey team. You can't. I know, I know, but I'd be remiss if I didn't say it. So, yeah, I mean, going back to the Islanders, the start of this conversation, I mean, obviously they started the season pretty poorly, but they're not, like, terrible. Like, they, they're not, like, in much of a different situation, in my opinion, than the Blue Jackets are, in the sense that, like, it might just actually be a little bit of the opposite issue, but I don't think that they need to hit the panic button, if that makes any sense. The Jackets obviously overperformed this season, I think, to some extent, as we've talked about on the show. I think the Islanders have pretty much underperformed everybody's expectations, but I don't think that means that they're as bad of a hockey team as it looks. Uh, As of right now, they've got 65 points. Uh, They are two games back of the Blue Jackets in that they've played 64 games. The Jackets have played 66. So, uh, you know, technically, if we – if they win those two games in hand, we're looking at the same same record um, or same points percentage, I should say. So, you know, and I mean, you look at it, the Jackets, negative 30 goal differential, the Islanders, negative four goal differential. It's a team that's probably a little bit closer to competitive than it looks, <laughs> if you ask me. So these aren't gimme games for the Jackets. The Islanders behind them in the standings, but uh, that might not be the case after these next two games, depending on how they go. So I'm really interested to see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And again, it's going to feel very similar to last season, these next couple of weeks where we're playing the same teams back-to-back. Well, kind of back-to-back, home-and-home. And and so not not a ton of variety. So whatever – you just got to hope whatever goes wrong in one game gets fixed by the next game. So we don't, you know, it would be nice to come out of the six games winning three of them at least. So, okay. So obviously we've talked about it before. Jeremy and I collectively have ADHD and I also have a problem with having to deal with work related uh, crises late at night. Um, So if there's an awkward transition from the last point that I made to now, apologies. <laughs> but we I'm sure it's going to be really good. Like, that's the thing I'm, like, sure is going to be a really great. I mean, you that. are our brilliant producer and editor, so I have no doubt that it will um, be great. And our avid and loyal listeners will understand. Um But for the most part, I can say, you know, collectively, the Blue Jackets, I think we're still able to take away a lot of things from these past two games. Like, truly, like I said, Friday, I think they played a full 60 minutes, like, really hard fought against the Jets. Um, 
So kind of the one that's more of a bummer to lose um, in OT. And then Saturday is still a lot of like grit and perseverance, perseverance, obviously, because we stayed in the game long enough to, you know, keep it tied and get it into overtime. A lot of that, you know, has to do with the incredible effort of Elvis. Um, so still a disappointment to not to not win that game either. But we take a point from each of them um, and we get to come home for, you know, a couple of days <laughs> and face off against the Islanders. Um tomorrow today when you're listening to this more than likely on Tuesday um, and just sort of see, I mean, this is kind of the kind of the fun and interesting part of the remainder of this season is picking out the pieces that are helpful to use and helpful to put in that notebook um, to carry through to, to next season. So it's going to be interesting. And again, it's going to be pretty repetitive. I, was say, I think two weeks. I was going to say, I think that's kind of where you left off. If I'm not mistaken, I think you kind of like left off on the repetition point because in my head, I wanted to ask you, um, what do you think about that? Like, I know people have talked about in the past, like the idea of, of going to like, or maybe not in the past after last season where we played a lot of series based hockey for the sake of COVID, you know, what are your thoughts on that being, a more regular occurrence. I would say like more so in the way that this week, the next couple of weeks are happening where it's like you play the same team twice. Maybe it's like home and home or things like that. I mean, that doesn't necessarily cut down on travel, but is that something that you like think is good? Like, do you think that's like bad? Like what are your thoughts on it? I'm much more prefer like a two game series, like a home and home. Yeah. Um, Over. I would never want to go back to the structure of last season where we play just a small number of teams and just our division and play such long bouts with them because it just like, if I never saw the Chicago Blackhawks again after last season, like I would have been fine. Like it just, it, I don't like it personally as a fan. I think it gets boring and I think it's harder. I think it's harder for the team to learn from their mistakes in this like constant like when you're you got to play against different teams in order to sharpen your skills in other ways so like and to keep yourself a a well-rounded team um so yeah i'm i'm okay with doing like two game series like home and home or you know two there two here like that doesn't really bother me but anything longer than that i don't like it yeah i agree i think that is a little bit extra to like do it more than to do it more than just back to back. I think it's also interesting because you're not limited in this case to the divisions that we were last year. It was like, you were only playing these eight teams. Like you were, you, you have the whole NHL at your, at your whim essentially. And I think that that makes it a little bit more interesting. It's not the first time the Jackets have done it this season. I mean, they, I'm sure there's more than one example, but like Colorado is a team that we played in back-to-back matchups a few days apart. I just think it's fun to like, I think that that's kind of how you develop some of these like in-season rivalries, if that makes any sense, where you start to develop some bad blood between teams. I mean, even this Minnesota situation, it's only been a couple of weeks since the Jackets played Minnesota last. 
And so a lot of those feelings of bad blood still exist. Like they didn't go away over those couple of weeks and they probably wouldn't have fully gone away over a couple of months. But could you imagine if that game would have been played three days later after that Minnesota game, the first oh, Minnesota game? Been, there would have been bones on my ice. And like, isn't that awesome? <laughs> in some extent, depends on whose bones and whose blood. Like, right, of course. <laughs> um. But no, I mean, I've, you know, as someone who her whole life has been a pacifist for the most part, yeah, which is also the biggest thing that astounds all my loved ones as to why I've chosen hockey as my um, first and only sports love. Um, it is. Those physical games are fun. It's just not fun when your team is not well-equipped and you worry about your star players i.e. Zacharensky, like, getting in some serious shit um, towards the end of the season, which can make an already up-and-down season, you know, complicated. But... It does. But I do like kind of some new bad blood. Um, the whole, like, Penn's rivalry and even, like, the Tampa rivalry gets kind of old. But I have to say that I'm a little bit devastated about this. I, like, have always liked Minnesota. Like, up until the last week, I've, like, always thought of them as, like, one of my top, like, top teams in the NHL. Like, a team that I, like, wasn't an active fan of, but I always rooted for them if we weren't playing them. Like, I always hoped that they would do well. Part of that is, you know, we came into the league at the same time, same season. So there's a little bit of that, like twinsy vibes that I'm really like I really enjoy at the wild also gonna gonna be a little bit controversial here I think the best branding in the NHL like I love the Minnesota wild brand like I love the colors I love the jerseys I love it all like I just think that they do really well and also it's Minnesota Minnesota and hockey they just go hand in hand so I'm just devastated now that I fucking hate the wild. Like I, that sucks. Like I like actually hate the wild. They're probably one of my least favorite teams in the NHL now. And that happened in three weeks. Yeah, no, same Z's. I kind of think, uh, same <laughs> I kind of think Marcus Flino saw that his brother was no longer the captain of this team. And so he was going to, uh, come in and, I can't really say what you would normally say, but yeah, came in and decided to uh, assert his dominance. <laughs> um, and you know that didn't that didn't bode well. Well, not even bode well. Like it definitely it has sparked like an irritation on both sides. Like it's not a one sided heated thing. Like this is. I almost kind of fully expect like some of this like to roll over into next season when we play them again. Yeah, it could definitely. And I think part of that too is like, even with that game the other day, the the wild did a lot to acquire a lot of grit at the deadline, you know? So oh, I didn't hear that 1200 times I know, from I the knew. ESPN reporters about how much better and how much stronger and how much more, gift to the gods that the Minnesota Wild are now that they've acquired these two guys. Hey, three, because you got to include Mark andre Fleury in that, but you know, 
nevertheless yes it did get quite old and it, as i said it i was like she's gonna roast me for saying that because i sound just like the espn homers but but yeah i mean that team is probably a little bit grittier right now than they usually are and so maybe next year they won't be so much but hopefully hopefully that's a budding rivalry uh i would love to see it well, it's kind of like siblings because, like, like you said, we both came into the league at the same time. Now, is there is there a hockey team oh, God. that, like, for no reason you hate? And when I say for no reason, I mean like they've never really had any beef with the Blue Jackets. We've never played meaningful hockey games against them, but like for some reason, you just hate them. So I'm not talking about obviously Minnesota in this case. I'm not talking about Detroit, Pittsburgh, Boston, Tampa. <laughs> is there just a team that you hate that isn't in those teams? Um not I don't really think so. I didn't like the Oilers for a little bit because they ruined my one birthday game. Sure. I can understand that for you. Like, we really haven't had, like, anything since then with the Oilers, so I couldn't Got a game really coming up toward the end of April, so maybe they can reignite that hate for you. That's true. You do, you do think that my um, hatred for the Predators is unusual. It is. That is true, actually. Now that, I, now that I've asked the question and processed it, that's definitely the one that I think is the weirdest for you. <laughs> I, I really don't like the Predators. So. I don't know why, but I really fucking hate the Golden Knights. I just, I just don't like... Again, I can't use what terminology you would normally use, even though it fits. I just don't like how they... <laughs> feel about themselves for being so new yeah and like just the audacity they have a lot of it they have a lot of audacity hate their stupid shiny helmets yeah because they look like they're playing legends of the hidden temple i didn't like the kings for a while but that's because they were really good when i was really starting to get into hockey and they won everything kind of how i feel about like the blackhawks although like i think the blackhawks are every, one of everybody's least favorite organizations but that's beside the point so that feels like a little bit of a cop-out but nevertheless thought we could end the show on some negativity what's your least favorite team um what's your favorite team that's not the blue jackets I know who I want mine to be, but, like, it's just not happening for me organically. The Kraken? Yeah, I just, they, they suck. They're so bad. <laughs> like, it's just, like, been so hard to draw me in. Although, as we were recording, Alexander Wenberg scored 14 seconds into their game tonight and became the quickest goal scored in Kraken history. So He did do that. I saw that in our little break that we had to take. Um, break. I mean, I love the Kraken for, like the basis of which they're growing their team upon and like the things that they plan to do with their community and like everything about how the team was formed and like all that sort of stuff play wise, not so much right now, but like that, that to me is how like a first year team should be though. Like 
just kind of struggling to find their way and like whatnot. Um, but another team that I like, like to watch. Hmm. I'll let you think on it. We can start next week. We can start the show later this week with that. Thank you for giving me time. I do what I can. I'm nothing but a people pleaser. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, other than that, before we wrap up the show, as we were recording and actually during our ADHD break, um, and I checked Twitter, I saw the really sad news that Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick uh, passed away after a courageous battle um, with a very uh, brief illness and was just absolutely shocked. I mean, Eugene Melnick was was 62 years old, um, you know, kind of something that, that really, you know, it's not about hockey, but just one of the things that I can't help but think of is kind of what I thought when, you know, Mr. Mack passed away when the Blue Jackets were maybe finally starting to figure some things out. Is like, it's just so sad to like not be able to see a part of like what you were building. Cause I think those senators could be really good in the next few years. And so, uh, you know, just obviously a devastating situation there. Our thoughts and prayers are with, with the Melnick family, our thoughts and prayers are with all of our senators, fans, friends that we know um, and have a lot of love for. So sending good vibes uh, Ottawa's way. Absolutely. Yes. Um, Like it's a devastating thing, you know, at any point when, when someone like that dies in your, in your franchise and, you know, it's going to put, a lot of things into question and to see what's going to happen. But obviously our hearts go out to Senator's fans, like you said. Um, and of course his family and loved ones, cause it was, it does seem to be like a pretty, um, they said a lengthy illness, but it seems like it was a pretty quick decline. Um, so, and he wasn't very old either. Um, so hearts go out to, to the Senator's family um and you know hopefully only positive things come um from this circumstance absolutely and uh you know laura i don't know about you but i don't have anything else other than the fact that like you said it's gonna be a lot of uh groundhog day for the blue dragons coming up absolutely i do have one little thing because it's funny and I told you that I was going to ask you this on the air. Oh, but yes. <laughs> how would you feel if you heard someone refer to Stinger as Sting Daddy? I would love it. I, I would be a big fan of it. Only if I could call Boomer Boom Mommy. <laughs> Not I a fan? I don't like that one at all. <laughs> Well, if if you liked Sting Daddy, then you're definitely going to like the fact that um, the hockey guys who so graciously added Columbus, when you said that, I wondered if it was them. <laughs> uh, Columbus to their spring break hockey tour a couple of weeks ago. Tonight on their YouTube page, they've released um, the special Columbus recap video of all the shenanigans that they got up to over the, I think, two or three days that we, they were in our beautiful city and with our the team that we love. 
Um, so again, if you're not following them on TikTok and Instagram, they're a laugh riot. Like they're just a bunch of like college kids who play hockey, who love hockey and, you know, are just out there to like brighten people's days. So give them a follow. And obviously such a cool thing to be included in their first like spring break tour. They could have gone to any of the teams and they chose us as one of their four. So. Any other places that actually would be a spring break destination? Yeah, they really didn't go anywhere warm. Like they started yeah. in New York, came here, went to Chicago, and then went to Nashville. So not exact, exactly tropical locations. So, but maybe next year they'll do like a Southern tour, uh, hit up all the West Coast teams for a little bit more sunshine but so yeah go to their youtube uh channel and check out that video and see all the fun things that they got to do in columbus and again growing growing our brand growing the team Absolutely. showing the fun things happen in columbus gosh darn it <laughs> no doubt well um i think it's only right that the person who won our fancy hockey match this week uh, ends the show by telling everybody where they can find us. Um, just kidding. Go ahead and tell the good folks where they can find us on our socials. He's so rude, you guys. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, you can find us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. You can follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. If you want to check out our website, SubjectivelySpeaking.com. If you're looking to purchase the merch or help us by some miracle get to go to the cannonball um, and want to, you know, chip a little money our way, you can go to our merch store, subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. At some point, we're putting up new merch. It'll happen eventually. One day. A bigger off-season um, project to revamp our merch. Um, and then you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Again, if you are on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down. Please hit the five star. Although Jeremy seems to super respect the person who humbled us with a four star. No, I just need the one. I needed the one to make it look like we weren't like padding the ballot box. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I do appreciate the four. Because um, what's that really terrible saying that they say? Sometimes you gotta love a four to appreciate a five. That's kind of where I'm at. Oh yes. But yes, so five is our favorite number. It is what we would prefer. Um, so yeah, it just helps us get noticed in the <laughs> hockey podcast charts. Um, it helps us uh, build this little community of ours, and we just love and appreciate you guys so much. So much. And until we get the chance to talk to y'all next time, happy Groundhog Day. Uh, and <laughs> we can't wait to talk to you about the New York Islanders series that was. Oh, fun note. Um, you can catch Laura and I on the Hockey Podcast Network's YouTube page on Thursday. Uh, we're doing a live watch along for the game against the New York Islanders. How do we almost just not say this? So you're going to want to check that out. It's going to be baddie. If you've ever wanted to watch a game with Laura <laughs> and I, if you're one of those people who uh, hasn't gotten a chance to do that, um, consider yourself lucky, but consider yourself uh, needing to change that and uh, follow us there. Um, it'll be on all of their, you know, 
all of their socials. Hockey Pod Net is their social. So shout out to to mom and dad, big brother up there, um, the Hockey Podcast Network. We will be streaming there, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Yeah, you're going to get to see all the weird things that I say during games. I'm nervous. So. I'm. We were we were told by the network <laughs> that we might oh, get demonetized yeah. if we say the fuck word, and so um, <laughs> just so I'm going to have episode, to be very careful. Yeah, if the episode comes out on Friday uh, and all you hear is like fuck within the first hour like of the show That's because like, i laura, resisted for three hours of a hockey game yeah laura held on to it and and had to say the fuck word but i think we get a two-minute commercial break in the intermission so i think that we'll just have to like sit in there and just be like fuck, 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 fuck. i'm just gonna walk outside my front door and just yell it into the abyss sure i'm but sure yeah catch us on our first ever live watch along we've been wanting to do this for forever um and as a girl i am very happy to like be one of the few on our network that will be doing watch alongs so it's exciting so yeah outfits are we doing subjectively speaking merch are we doing blue jackets merch we'll talk about it off air yeah, but so tune in to see what we decide to wear. Yes, we'll see you all Thursday. If you can't wait until Friday's episode comes out, come check us out on Thursday night. Watch the game with us. It'll be a lot of fun. Or at it's, least put some fun things in the chat so that we can have things to talk about if the Blue Jackets are not doing yeah, well. 100%. So come check us out. Uh, but until then, we will see your lovely comments on Thursday, we hope. Uh, and we can't wait to bring you another hot, fresh episode on Friday. Bye.